You're listening to the Laugh Factory Podcast Network. For more shows, visit the podcast page at laughfactory.com. It's the after laugh, after laugh. Welcome to the after laugh, after laugh, after laugh. <laughs> after laugh, man. <laughs> Go ahead, pull up a chair. Hey guys, welcome to the after laugh. Uh, I'm very excited to have uh, my guest tonight, Rocco Stowe. How are you, man? I'm great, man. Is this on? It is on. Yeah, okay, I, I, I see the little thing bouncing around. Um, Rocco, man, I, I, I'm, I'm really glad you came. This is like very last minute. I'm glad you came because uh, you are someone I've known for. God, I mean, I guess I met you 13 years ago, 14. Yeah. How fucking, I mean, new, like I was new to comedy. You were? Yeah, I've only been doing comedy for 15 years now. So. This was probably 2007. I've probably been doing it for two or three years. Really? You were so good, dude. Oh, thank you, man. I was kind of like, you know, a little taken back, you know? Because I wasn't used to like a... I mean, not to sound like um, stereotypical, but I wasn't used to like a white dude like holding it down <laughs> like that, you know? <laughs> like, because you were like really commanding the crowd. You had a lot of confidence. You're a good dresser. You're well built. Hilarious. You're good looking. I'll be blowing you in five <laughs> seconds. But like, you know, I wasn't used to that. Where, where were you coming from? I was you... coming out of Brooklyn. So I was oh, okay. doing all the like real hood you, shows. Yeah, you were doing like, yeah. you still do urban rooms. I still do a lot of them, yeah. But you were just doing urban rooms I was just doing this. urban rooms at that time. So and how did that come about? How, so how, I didn't well, even think white people were funny. I was like so like in a bubble, you know? I was like in that whole thing. But when I met you right away, I was like, I just I was like, man, this is a cool dude. You were just like very like chill. And we've like, you know, we haven't really been we friends but we're not our friends friends we just right. see each other at clubs and uh-huh. i always always glad to see you and right. uh, and you're just a fascinating dude and i would hear and i would hear stories about you and uh and i said before we started the podcast i was like you know i was um i i taught yoga from like 99 to 2006 i think 2007 and then i started seeing that you were teaching yoga right and i was like oh that's cool and then i got in jujitsu 2010 and i started you got in jujitsu so i was like man right. we have so much shit to fucking talk about oh, yeah man um because i don't know it's for you do you still teach yoga I do. I was uh, at Equinox. I was actually, they actually called me to come back, but I'm going to be on the road for the next three weeks. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. And we'll, we'll get into yeah, the we'll yoga V jujitsu yeah. kind of thing, which I, I think they, they, they complement each other and they also kind of run contrary to each other in a lot of different ways. Um, but, uh, but good to see you. So you, 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 how did you get into comedy? First of all, I didn't. I don't know that story because I know you were originally a Marine. That was your first right. job out of high school, right? Right. Yep. 18. Yep. Put the mic a little closer. Oh, uh, yes. Sorry. <laughs> 18. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it because you were, um, and I know that you've had like an interesting past, you know, with a lot of like interesting family drama. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much of that you want to get into or <laughs> I not. I don't know how much time we got. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so was Marines like a, like a last option for you? Was it something you always wanted no, to I, do? No, I felt like, you know, I was, I was like on, I was one of those kids that was on the short bus. You know, like I was, you know, let's call it what it is. They're calling the mildly retarded. The retard is that the word? Yeah. Was, I was like, you know, and I'd have to pretty much, even if I wanted to date a girl, I'd have to act like I'm going into a regular class and then run into the, the retard class because they wouldn't date me. <laughs> I swear wait, to God. I believe you. Wait, yeah. wait, this is in Brooklyn? This is in Philly. In Philly, I'm from okay. Philadelphia, South Philadelphia. South so Philly, born and I went, raised. Yeah, born and raised. So I went to uh, middle school and part of high school in South Philly. So and, this is all, your schools are mostly probably black, right? 
No, oh, no, so it was black, Italian, Puerto okay, Rican, because yeah. I went to a, like a private school in on Twentieth and Porter. Okay, yeah. yeah. And then when I my when they went to ninth grade, so my mom's like, you can either go to Southern or you can go. We can go to my. She was dating this guy in Bucks County, so you can come here. The only problem was they wouldn't let me in the school because I was like, you know, what? what now we should say because I have a whole joke yeah. about being because when I was young, uh, a teacher called my mom and said, "I think Billy's mildly retarded," <laughs> because in the south. In the South, that was like the blanket yeah, term for yeah. someone who had like learning disability. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> so what? what, what was just, your, <laughs> did you have dyslexia? Or did you have? I had ADD dis- I had toxic or? stress because I was like severely beaten as a kid. But you didn't know that yeah. at the time. I didn't know at the those time. Sort of I couldn't pay attention. They said I had the ADD and all that. The ADHD. I was hyper. Yeah. I was just uh, you know a mess. Yeah. You know, I just I couldn't sit still. That kind of thing. Yeah. So reading was hard. Seeing there everything. Read, I had yeah. dyslexia. I couldn't read. Um, the whole nines and, and toxic stress. I haven't heard about that as a, as a thing. What does that mean? Is that that's, a, that's like from getting like a lot of beatings and head trauma. So your dad used to beat you. Yeah, beat them, he used to punch me in the face for. Was breakfast. he an alcoholic? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, I'll take a croissant and boom. <laughs> it was bad. I used to have to hide in the closet for like twelve hours. I have to shit in the closet because I'd be like in there, like you know what I mean? Because if you're like saw, you just like hey, throw haymakers. Is at your you. dad still around? No, he died. He drank himself to death in 2017. Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, man. we weren't tight. Like I never really. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, I never um, really talked did, to him. Too and much. I'm sure you've had to go like therapy and discussions. all kinds of shit. Yeah. How do you feel? You feel resolved with everything? Yeah, I love the now? guy. I love yeah. him. Yeah, I don't. I can't. Poor live guy. With Imagine what did he go through when he was? Yeah, a kid? he must have been. He's really tortured to do that. You know, yeah. throw my mom down the stairs, knocked her teeth out. You know, oh, it was pretty brutal. Like, yeah. yeah, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. I know, podcast. but hey, man, it's, yeah. it's, and like obviously the first step to move on. You're like, but this is how powerful the mind is because he to- he used to tell me because I was left-handed, I was retarded. Me too. You're left-handed. Too? I'm left-handed. Yeah. Wow. Did they say you were retarded? I don't know if that's why they said I was mildly retarded. Yeah, he said you're retarded. You're left-handed. He looked at me straight in the face. That was like the mo- the worst <laughs> thing ever. And I was on the playground with the kids. I'm like, how you doing? I'm Rocco. I'm re- I'm retarded. And they're like, no, you're not. I'm like, I'm retarded. I go, I'm like, no, you. I'm like, I'm really retarded. I'm telling you guys, I'm fucking that, and retarded. And that was the actual word. Yeah. I'm like, and I had to stand up for myself to tell them I was retarded. Nobody would believe. Yeah, me. you had to fight kids to prove yeah. that you're retarded. I got retard strength yeah. too. <laughs> And then the kid goes, dude, if you're retarded, you wouldn't know you're retarded. Which is a valid point. Yeah. So then I kind of thought, well, maybe I'm just off. And then I was like, really? Not now, Because now I'm like, what's wrong with me? Yeah. God, that was like, that because at least deep. I knew what I was. Yeah. You know, I had, I was like, okay, I'm retarded. This makes sense. <laughs> 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 By the way, it's like salsa, mild, yeah. medium, yeah. chunky habanero, retarded. So, um, did you? Uh, now, what was your was your mom? What was your relationship with mom during this? Did you, was your mom able to talk to you about the stuff with your dad and all that? She was just she was awesome. She was just like uh, lo- like overly loving me, holding the household together, working many, like three many, jobs. How many kids did you have? You? I had an older brother. Oh, just two. Of yeah, you. and he used to beat the fuck out of me too, because he learned from my father. So I was God. getting double beatings. Yeah, and he was four years older, so that's a big gap when you're, yeah, like, you, you know, he's like eleven, and that. I'm like, yeah, that's amazing. So you, as a man, your two role models, your big brother and right. your dad, are beating the fuck <laughs> out of you, beating the shit out of me. Yeah, Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. 
Um, any any like permanent damage from that? Do you, do you, I mean, other than I probably like I have a, a disability called delayed sleep phase syndrome where I can't fall asleep to like nine in the morning, no matter what. And they say it could be a mutation from head trauma. Like I went to, Jesus I got Christ. studied by sleep experts. Yeah, because everybody's like, "Oh, you're lazy. You can't get up." So you know that's why I did so good in the Marines because yeah, we would do security ops at night. I'm wide awake. Everybody else is falling asleep. Was your the, dad in the service or your brother too? He, my my pop was in the National Guard, which means he was a total pussy. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder why he beat me up. He's probably pissed <laughs> he off he wasn't a Marine. Yeah. So um and but and I know how how tough it is to be a fucking Marine, Jesus, physically. So um when you're in high school, high school you're doing I, I'm assuming you weren't doing great in school. I was barely making it. Barely making barely it. Barely making and it. And how did the Marines come about? Was it like they enrollment people there show up at the I school? got in this I got in this thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm laughing because the kid that got me to join the Marines, he ended up going to jail for like he's like a pedophile. Oh shit. <laughs> you know? That's hilarious, Rocco. <laughs> <laughs> Funny, it's just interesting. <laughs> yeah, because he was such a nice kid, I thought, you know. Yeah. But um anyway, so he got me in this thing called the Young Marines, which was kind of like cool Cub Scouts. So you did that in high school? The young I did Marines. that in high school, like my last year of high school. Oh wow. And uh, I just thought it was the quickest way to success. You know, For you sure. sign this piece of paper, you go three months, you come back with dress blues on, and people are like buying you drinks and fucking, you know? Yeah. Thanking you, you didn't even done anything yet. They're so the already, Young Marines is like a club in high school. It was like it was organized. It was, it was pretty organized. serious. It was run by Marines. Oh, it was run by yeah. Marines. It was run wow. by Marines. It was like hardcore. They made you run and shit. It was like boot campish. It was like yeah. It was like a lot of drill, a lot of marching. Uh-huh. You go away for the weekend, but it wasn't like creepy like like with the Cub Scouts. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> did you do the Cub Scouts? At I all? never did. I got kicked out of the Cub Scouts Why? when I was seven. Why? Because I knew they were doing some weird shit. Oh shit! Like, and, and me and my boy Vinny, we staged a fight. We just started punching each other. Like we, we like he, we had to build these lamps out of metal. And and he goes, "Yo, Rock, your lamp sucks." I'm like, "Don't you fucking talk about my lamp!" And we just started punching each other, like blood everywhere. And then our moms picked this up. Oh my god! Because we had to go away for the weekend. Everybody had mustaches and those little you got shorts. The flu. I know. We didn't know. We were street That's, kids. You know. We, yeah, yeah. we had no idea. You know? Now, as a kid, were you like doing a lot of illegal shit when you were a kid? Stealing bikes, smoke, doing drugs. Started doing drugs and drinking when I was ten. What, what was your first drug? Uh, weed and, and Miller High Life. I'll never forget it. Yeah. yeah. The and then I would steal the liquor from the cabinets and, you know, we'd break in other people's houses when they were at work and steal oh, booze and drink vodka and think it was funny. Yeah. You ever get arrested or sent to juvie for that shit? Um, well, that's what kind of started me on that path to the, re- <laughs> the retard <laughs> classes. Because <laughs> I was just such a maniac. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I wasn't sent to juvie, though, but I was, yeah. like, always suspended or, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, the kids were pretty bad in my neighborhood, so that For was sure. kind of normal. You yeah. Know, it wasn't really, you have to be really bad to go to juvie. Isn't it you crazy have to kill to think, somebody or have a gun. Because I think we're probably around the same ages. Isn't it crazy to think that, like, shit like that was normal back then? Because now it's really fucking right. not. Like, I don't think right. kids in high school are in, little, in, in really impoverished neighborhoods, for sure. But right. I don't think even from your old neighborhood, right. I doubt that exists in the same way. No, it's all gentrified. Yeah. Yeah. And people just have a much better understanding of abuse and trauma. Right. And how to raise exactly. kids. Like, obviously, if you have a kid, I don't know if you do. I do. I have a son. You do? Yeah, he's 26. He's black. I have it, a black son. 
Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Wow, we have so many weird fucking yeah. things in common. Yeah, you, I have have a a kid, you have a daughter. I have right? a daughter from one night stand. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, I was married actually. Oh, you were married. That's yeah. right. So, um, so the Marines, you, you, uh, quick way to success. You know, that's basically. And it. how was it? How was the Marines for you? It was awesome. It was what, absolutely awesome. Where'd you, where were you stationed? I was like a complete rock star, I felt like. Because I was a grunt. I was in the infantry. So yeah. I was just shoot, shooting weapons, fucking doing tactics all over the world. And you were probably world. ripped as fuck. I fucking mean, shredded, dude. Yeah. Yeah. You're and ripped it, now, which is retarded how ripped you are, dude. Yeah. I am? All right. I mean, you're I in your 40s, it. right? Yeah, 47. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah and look, I mean, you look great. I don't know. No. I don't know I, if I look dude, as I'm good as you. A, I'm wearing a girdle, bro. <laughs> <laughs> your shoulders are like they look like basketballs the problem with my shoulders though no seriously I've always had big shoulders the problem with my shoulders is that I look in the mirror like I look and I forget that underneath there's a mess happening because my shoulders just like get all the attention and I'm like oh fuck I got a belly out to here uh, no you know you're always naked dude I catch myself looking at them for a little bit I'm like hey stop um I do that. I do a little thinning app. Yeah, I'll thin them up a little. Oh, you do? Oh, I have not before. Not for all. Just a little. Just a little snip. Vito, you hear that? <laughs> it's yeah. on a sham, Vito. Yeah. So, um, where did you go? To? Where were you stationed? What was your camp? I was stationed in Nor- uh, Camp Lejeune. I did school I of love infantry camp there. Yeah, I, I was... performed there a few you times. Did? Yeah. Have hey, you done the Marine shows? I mean, have you performed? It's so Marine? hard to get in those things when you were in the Marine. <laughs> Of Isn't course. that weird? Yeah. That's fucking the most ridiculous thing ever. Like, you should be first and foremost at everyone's thoughts for those shows. I was trying to teach yoga. They had yoga for veterans, and I was like, hey, I want to I help out. They're like, oh, no. No. Uh, you, you, you know, I'm like, I know exactly how to, you know, help yeah. them and stuff, you know? And, and they're like, no. Because they have all these nonprofits that are invested in shit. Yeah. So, Lejeune's in North Carolina, right? Yeah. Lejeune. Yeah. And um, That's like the armpit of the world, we used to call it. But you like Lejeune or North Carolina? I would just I, I went there. Jacksonville. They just treated treated me really well when I went there. No, so. we had great. I remember when I was there. They brought SWV there. You remember how big they were back <laughs> in the day? They brought uh, they brought like every. I saw like so many bands. Yeah, like, they would bring them to the Camp Lejeune. Yeah, it was crazy. And so you were deployed eventually, yeah? Oh, I started deploying. Yeah, yeah. And where yeah. were you deployed? I was in. Um, I went to uh, Venezuela. Um, I went to Korea, Japan, and then I did uh, Cuba. I was in Cuba mitigating the riots down there. See, as a dumb American, which is what I am, like I don't like you say these places, and I'm like, oh, I guess we didn't have wars there, but I'm sure there were There's all sorts of skirmishes going and action on. Happening. There's always little pockets of things going on yeah. that people don't hear about. They don't hear about. You got Panama. Media. You got Beirut. Yeah. You know all these Lebanon and the <clears> riots <throat> in Cuba. When was that? What year was that? That was a uh, '95. And the riots five. were based on... They were trying to escape uh, communist Cuba, uh-huh. and then they put them in these camps. Like, kind of, they didn't know what to do with them. And the camps turned into cities. They turned into towns. So the people who were rebelling against Castro... Right. They rounded them up, very reminiscent of Germany, right. maybe, and right. put them in these quote-unquote camps. I don't know if they escaped the border and got into Guantanamo... Or they got them from the town. I, they, we didn't really, we didn't ask a lot of questions, yeah. you know. But they basically had cities, and it got out of hand, you know, where they were selling their daughters and holy you know, shit. For cigarettes, and we'd integrate them, and you know, yeah, it was pretty wild. I can't really go into too much detail. Oh, really? Yeah. Why? Well, just as a marine, like you really don't talk about the actual missions because yeah. you just don't. Yeah. You know. So, but it was just a lot of the. There was a lot of civilian casualties. You you saw action, obviously. 
Not like not like they did in Iraq or anything, but of it, was, course. it was pretty hairy. You had to use your gun. No, no, no weapons. No, no weapons. It was all yeah. like batons, and you know. Were you ever like afraid that. for your life in those situations? Not really. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I would be much more scared, <clears throat> in, like in Iraq or Afghanistan, walking, uh, stepping on an IED. Yeah. There's no way you can defend yourself. Was there a possibility that you'd go there, like after 9-11 and stuff? My unit went to. Uh, they were the first ones into Fallujah. Oh wow! Yeah, I was with three six. Yeah. So if I would have stayed in, I would have definitely fought. Yeah. And it's really hard to get trigger time. It's harder than you think. Wait, hard to get trigger time? Yeah. When you actually mean? get into a tick or a gunfight. So people want that. They of want. Of course, trigger that's time. what I was. That was my. That was my job. Yeah. My job. I was trained to locate, close with, and destroy the enemy by fire and maneuver. Wow. You yeah. know that was like my job to repel the enemy by fire. And I don't assault. think people realize how. I mean, a lot of people do, but some people don't realize. Marines aren't like the other branches of the mm -hmm. military. They're different. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a different <laughs> it's fucking a different breed. Thing, yeah. And you have to be trained like a fucking killer. Yeah. And they keep you, they would emaciate us, they wouldn't feed us, we'd just be starving, and you're just like a pit bull, man. Just yeah. ready to, you know, you know. It's crazy. What were you training as as in sort of hand hand combat? Was it like Krav Maga? What was the main way they? We did a thing called line training, which was called linear infighting neural override, which was very. It was kind of like linear infighting neural override. Uh -huh. Yeah, and it was. It I didn't think it would work, and then some kid took out like four dudes with it in the on Lejeune. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was really weird. It was it just mean? brutal. It was just brutal. So linear neural override is when you actually. It's kind of like jujitsu where you get control over somebody. Um, uh -huh. By you know some type of technique where they they you they can't think or they can't move they're kind of like you know stalemated. So like the first thing you do is is a punch to the balls. Okay, like that's your first move. Not a kick, a punch. A punch or a grab or, or a yeah. throat punch, and then an arm break, and then like a kick to the Adam's apple. I'm like, isn't he going to be done already? Like <laughs> it's probably very the similar to Krav Maga, yeah. I, I think so. Yeah. I think so. I never did Krav Maga, but it's 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 pretty brutal. Like you can never really do it on somebody. You go to jail. Yeah, but even training that with someone probably got a little hairy too. Yeah, yeah. They showed us how to train it because yeah, you got fucked up doing the drills because <laughs> yeah. you would drill it. You have to drill. You have to actually hit someone yeah. in the throat sometimes, probably. Yeah, exactly. You you put your hand up. You know what's coming. Yeah. You know it's all timing. Yeah. But um, it's like doing a drill in jujitsu. Yeah. Like, every time I got hurt in jujitsu, it was from a drill. Yeah, it's you interesting. Know? Yeah, from a fucking drill. Wasn't it from, from rolling. rolling? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so it's um, and then we would do hitting skills. We'd have boxing matches, but we we're grunts, so we trained a little harder with that because yeah. our chances of seeing action were a lot, like more, uh, you know, probably going to happen. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So by the time and you were in the Marines for how long? Four years. Four years. Active by the time you're done the Marines, would you like? Were you like? And we, can we talk? This can relate to yoga in a way too. But were you like? I don't want to get in a fight. I just want to kick, show someone I can kick their fucking ass. What, did it make you want to like beat people up? Well, have you that know how training? it is because you know how it is to be in jujitsu. It's like in the Karate Kid. He goes, "Why do you want to learn how to fight so you don't have to?" Yeah, well, that's definitely uh, true with jujitsu because yeah. jujitsu is mostly bred from a, a defensive point of view. Yeah, but I didn't really have that. I already, I didn't have I the aggression. Has been, I didn't have like, you know, I didn't have an like want to fight. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, got it. <clears throat> I mean, I had PTSD, and I wanted to like, if somebody said something to me, I would not back down. Of course, take a backward step, but um, I didn't really actively want to go after anybody until I started <clears throat> hitting the bottle again. You know? Yeah. So, and in, in the Marines, were you drinking? 
I was drinking, but then I stopped because I saw it was getting a little out of hand. Interesting. It was getting out of hand for the Marines. For the Marines is bad. bad. Because we would be, I was training most of the time. So then you'd come back for two, three, you'd be in the field for two, three weeks doing operations and you come back. Mm -hmm. And then, so for three days, I would just stay hammered. Yeah. Plus I had the sleep disorder. So I couldn't sleep and on top of the drinking. Yeah. So it was like, a. so I was like, I can't do both. Yeah. So one's got to stop. I can't sleep. So let me cut the drinking out. So now at this point in the Marines, there's, in terms of like your psychological condition, is, is there good counseling? Are there people helping you with the sleep condition? Are people helping you with your PTSD? I didn't even know about it then. You don't even know about it. You just think that's how life yeah, is? Yeah, kind of, I was kind of in denial about it because I'm like, well, I didn't, I didn't go to Iraq. I didn't, I'm not from Vietnam. So what the fuck's the... Yeah, no, what you know, have I got to complain yeah, about? Yeah, I'm not... Stop being a pussy. You yeah. know what I mean? So when did this all... So you, you get out of the Marines in like 2000... I got out of the Marines in 97. Oh, 97, okay. Yeah. And... After the Marines, like, what's the plan there? Because I imagine you're probably well, that's pretty the lost. Thing. You don't really like. You go from being a rock star, yeah, fucking shooting weapons, Zodiac boat radar. You have a family. Fa- yeah, you got your boys. Everybody feel protected. You're carrying, uh, you know, I carry M203 grenade launcher on an M16 A2 as a team leader. You know. Yeah. And uh, then you go from that to. Uh, who are you again? Like, hey, it's it's three dollars and eighty six cents. Come on, get in the back of the line. You know, <laughs> like that kind of shit. So when you, when you, when you're in a America after you're out of the Marines, because I know obviously after Vietnam, anyone in the military was treated like fucking garbage. But I felt like that kind of changed in the nineties. It was you, neutral at that time. It was neutral. Nobody, they care, but they didn't care. They like he's a Marine. He's a, he's a bad. Was there like discounts? Was it free shit? No, people, no, no. There wasn't really a lot. So the was, thing that you thought about getting the free drinks everywhere you went that wasn't happening. Well, that happened when I was in, but as yeah. soon as you got out, and boom, that's boom. all gone. Yeah, you know. And Fuck. then also, it's like you feel naked because you're like, I had my weapon with me all the time. Yeah, like all the time. I was a grunt, like I was an infantry guy, so I always was cleaning my weapon or had my weapon or firing my weapon or doing something with my weapon. And then you don't realize how much you miss your weapon. Like yeah, you don't. You feel naked. Wow, like, that's crazy. Like because that was my job. You know, I was a rifleman. You yeah, know? so it's like. I was qualified with the saws, you know, nine millimeter, you know, everything. Yeah. And when you get out of the Marines, down, did you leave intentionally or how, was it just your- It was just my four years were up and I was, you know, I was 22 and I was like, I want to try something different. You could have kept going if you wanted to. But Probably, if, yeah. Yeah, so you, yeah, but I never really planned to because four years in the infantry is really fucking hard. I'm, a four-year I'm infantry sure. is like 20 years to civilians. Yeah. Like, you know, there's a couple of Navy SEALs I talked to, and they said they went into the SEALs because they knew they'd only do four years in the Marines. Yeah. Because the training is so intense. Like, because when they do an op, it's like two days, three days, you're yeah. in and out. We're we're there for eight, nine, ten days, you yeah. know, 11 days. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. I mean, I, I can relate to that because um, I did ROTC at Princeton University. And oh, it was wow. also very, sometimes you had to get up at seven in the morning in March. So I, I, I relate to no, that. I mean, I did, but it, it was fucking. <laughs> I was trying not to be a dick. I was like, <laughs> no, dude, it was cool, fucking man. stupid. I was like, did you like, really go to Princeton? I was Princeton? the worst. Did you go to Princeton? Yeah, I went to Princeton, dude. dude. Fucking I was damn, ROTC. Dude. Princeton? Princeton? Damn. That's how dude, I was like able to smart. afford it. I, I was Holy I was like fuck. a quota. I would make a joke. I was a quota. Wow. I was like a, I was like the firm of action. You're like hire. a uh, mysterious, bro. <laughs> That's how I feel about you. Yeah. Like, so wow. when you're done with the Marines, like, do, are you set up with a place to live? Like, how do you even know where to go? I went to stay with my grandmother. So now, now I feel like a complete loser. You know, I'm in Philly. I'm with my grandma. My best from the Mar- from the Marines was staying there too. So we're both <laughs> like freeload. Moved in with your duffel bags. Yeah, we your just big stayed green in. Bags. 
And I was just kind of lost for a while. I started getting into fitness right away. But you were doing, you were drinking and were you doing drugs? No, I wasn't drinking yet. You were cool that Yeah, I was, okay. I, was, I was like, I can't drink. I know yeah. what happens. Once I start drinking, I can't stop. Yeah, you know? got it. My, you know, after what happened with my dad growing up and getting beat up and on, seeing my mom get beat up and all that crazy. And we had this- to escape in the middle of the night. Jesus, You know? Man. Yeah. Sort of. My mom walked me to my grandmother's across the street. She goes, I'm leaving your father. It's going to get crazy. I need you to stay here. Your brother's going to pr- try to protect me. You Jesus. know? And then you could just hear like, bo- like sound like World War Three across the street. It was so scary. Oh, my God. Yeah. My mom was like, like my hero. You know? Yeah. She walked in. Boom. Couldn't believe it. Anyway. So, so after all that, I'm like, I shouldn't be drinking. I shouldn't be drinking. And your, your grandma's, now your dad at this point, where is he? Is he just out of the picture? Yeah, he's just kind of whatever, yeah. you know. No interest in contacting him. Or- no, I tried a few times, mm. you know, but no. Okay, so your grandma's with your friend. Yeah. <laughs> old Italian grandma. Yep, Is exactly. She, she, she fuck- caught me jerking off and everything, dude. It was terrible. <laughs> Here I am fucking, fucking, you know, Marine, fucking decorated, and then I come back and like I'm just jerking off my grandmother's <laughs> house like a loser, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she caught me jerking off, dude. I was twenty four five, like big hard on everything. What'd she like, say? Just really fucking. She I mean, went. She, she, she didn't. Like, say, she she didn't say anything. She made a gesture. She went, "Oh, <laughs> that was it." <laughs> and then, yeah, but then my friends were like, "Your grandfather probably jerked off." So it's like, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm sure she knows. She's, yeah, we always think that these old people don't know. They know yeah, everything. They know. They yeah, know. they were around. Yep. Um. So so how long was that period? That lasted about two years, and I started getting. In, I became addicted to working out, so that that's became my new addiction for your OCD. That's yeah, a good everything. Thing. So I was working out. Um, I started teaching like uh, kickboxing, aerobics, and shit. You know what I mean? And I had like the Marine Corps background, so everybody was hiring me to teach these kick, like you know. Yeah, so that's I was great. kind of, and I was training. I was doing the trainer guy thing. Yeah, and I had a nice little career, and I was working at a local gym, and I was running the group fitness classes, and you know things were kind of going all right. You know, I was I was finding a new mission. You're probably getting a lot of girls at this point. Getting a, a lot of girls. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. I was. Like banging them out like a you screen door Italian in a hurricane. Ho- your Italian ho- you got your Italian hog. Working. I got my Italian hog working, <laughs> and um, and then one day I decided I could have a beer. Wow! Do you remember what the day? Why that day was special? That made you do that? I was out with a really really classy stripper. <laughs> <laughs> The very nice Nazi. Yeah, but she actually had a uh, master's degree at the uh, (laughs) uh, from University of Delaware. That's why she stripped to pay her way through college. (laughs) Exactly. So So you met her at strip club. I met her at cheerleader strip club. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she she's like, "Let me take you out for your birthday." She ordered a glass of wine, and uh, I was like... You're like, yeah, I can do this. Yeah, I can do this. She's like, you ever have this? It was like a multi-pucciano. It's like an Italian wine. Uh You know, you start thinking, I never had that in a while. Yeah. You know, and then next thing you know, you get the pinky out like you... You know, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm acting oh, like with it. The, with Are you a wine. wine guy? No, you're not. I'm like, white you know trash, they do bro. it. They, everybody thinks they act like they know. Oh yeah, that's good. It's like an eight dollar glass of wine it and shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and next thing you know, boom, did it, drank it, and boom, that night right I went out and I drank. I got an eight ball of cocaine that night. Holy fuck! Yeah, I did the whole eight guys. ball, and then uh, I drank a case of Coors Light. 
a case. Now, where is she? Did you say, hey, I don't I'm, know. I'm, I have I'm, no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what happened to her. Jesus Christ. Yeah, and then I was off to the races. And then I had a cousin, Paulie, and he was a, you know, a little connected guy in the neighborhood, and he was yeah. doing well. You know. If you're from South Philly, your name's Paulie. You're, you're right. Yeah, he's connected. And uh, you know, he had a little side, little white powder business going, and I jumped right on, and I felt like I was back with my Marine crew. I was like were reliving you de- that. Were you dealing? I was dealing. You were dealing, yeah. I became the house dealer, like the main house dealer. You were probably for, a great dealer, too, I, I was. I was great. Yeah. I was yeah. really good. So we did. Uh, we were in charge of four clubs, Shampoo, Evolution, Martini's Lounge. I had Ruby Tuesdays at Deco, and I was the house dealer. So I was yeah. like a rock star. So I went yeah. from like, now I'm back. Now you're back. Now, now you're I'm back, back. Yeah. back. So I was in the Marines, a rock star, doing, you know, shoot, moving, communicating. And you're still doing the training and fitness stuff? No, that shit went out the window. Went out the window. Yeah, it went right. totally out the window. I was running and gunning, dude, <laughs> carrying a 45. How often were you doing coke? I wasn't doing. I was pretty good at first. I was addicted to the lifestyle and the attention. Yeah, the attention. You get in any club you want. Any to. club. I was getting so much ass. Like, yeah. You know, just money. I always had thousands of dollars in my. Did you pocket. move out of grandma's house? Yeah, I moved out of grandma's house. <laughs> Got a sick place right on Tenth uh, and Carpenter in the Italian Market. You know, two bedroom with a view overlooking the city. I felt like still? I felt like I it was like mini Scarface. It was like super mini, like extra dwarf Scarface. <laughs> Can I say that? Yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, so I had arrived, as they say. I had yeah. arrived. And then then I started getting high on my own supply. Yeah. And then I started getting sloppy. And then it was just kind of like maintaining, yeah. basically. Yeah. So, so I did became, that for about three years. So three, and, and would you say that the Coke addiction in terms of maintaining, how long did that last? I mean, it lasted for about six years. About six years. I kept doing it. And would it have to, because I've never done the, the, I've never done the coke. I sound like <laughs> yeah, the, the yeah. That's how you know you're getting older I when you put a V. But um, <laughs> was it like every day you had to do it just to just get up? I was in the something. No, it wasn't like that. I was like a partier. Like I would wake up at like four or five in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, I'm never doing that shit again. Yeah, drink some water. You know what I mean? Get something to eat. Next thing you know, you know, have a little drink. Go, go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your friends are like, yo, let's go. Because my neighborhood was crazy, bro. Like, yeah, yeah, everybody yeah. was getting whacked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and... Uh, and you carried a piece with you at all carried times? Carried a piece. Not all times, because when you're selling, you don't want to get caught with a gun charge, too. Okay. So you have other people that do that for you. Like, we yeah. had a security and, like, uh, yeah. muscle. You were the face man. Yeah. Yeah, I was like the face. I was like the mascot, you yeah. know? <laughs> And I, I didn't care. I was totally happy. I didn't want to be like anything bigger. I love the attention. I was, you thought this could just be my life. This is my life. I'm, yeah. I'm going to do this for about five years, save some money, then maybe buy a bar. Yeah. You know? And uh, I built that community that I had in the Marines. Like, I yeah. had a tight crew. We had a tight crew yeah. you know, of guys that were just like killers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not like literally killers, but they were like, you know, intense mentality. Did you get in... You must have gotten some conflicts, though, yeah. I had to. We had. To, I had to collect some stuff a few times. And you yeah. would bring an enforcer. Yeah. Well, I had to. I was doing it myself. Oh, as you well. doing it yourself? Yeah. Yeah. One time, I had to. We had the enforcers around, planted in mm-hmm. case, strategically set, uh, watching me from different views mm-hmm. in case something went wrong. But you're like, I got this. Yeah. Well, I. I Kind of. They were just like, you got to get this. <laughs> How would you? What would be the main way that you'd get collect from someone? What would be the best? Um, well, we try to like re- like reason with them first, and uh, <laughs> don't ever work with Russians. <laughs> they go too far. Uh, <laughs> we'll be like, uh, why is Vinny in the trunk? Um, 
he's a, he paid. Okay, well then let him out of the trunk if he paid. Like, why is he, he still needs in the to trunk? Calm down a little. Yeah, bit. yeah. We told him he's not going to see mom again. You know, like, no, just let him out. Jesus Christ. So, uh, yeah. So you basically reason with him. Hey, what happened? We're you know we're not happy. Whatever you gave us, it was stepped on too much. Or yeah, you know this wasn't the right weight and blah blah blah. And then step two is. And then step two is you're like, well, we we have to figure this out. Yeah, you know, because you know my my, uh, my my superiors are not happy with with the uh, product, you know. And they're still like too bad. And then you well, they 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 never say too bad. They're always yeah. kind of like well, next week. Yeah, next week or yeah, we'll take care of it. And then uh, yeah, and then you gotta you know pull the we- like show them the weapon, and uh-huh. then uh, you know have it in a way that you can use it though. You yeah. Know, so if they try to grab it or pull out their own, mm-hmm. so you want to be able to get to it quick. Yeah. So I would always have it in a position, you know, where I could get it. I usually would have it kind of out. Yeah. In you the car. Like pull your blazer back. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. But I'd have it so I could just, mm-hmm. you know, get to it quick. You know. Yeah. So I could, uh, if he moved for his. And that was usually enough, I'm imagining. Yeah, and that only happened once or twice. Yeah. Like that. Like yeah, we had a good recaps or. I didn't. Yeah. I'm sure it was done. I know finger breaking is a big thing. By the way, there's an enforcer who lives in this building. Oh, a former enforcer. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not so that free. tough anymore, man. Like <laughs> I, I see those guys back home, and I'm like, huh? You know, like I don't have it. You know, I don't have that thing. Anymore. You're a nice guy. Yeah, you know, you know. I changed. Yeah. So, so um, so that's going on. So that's going on, yeah. and then then my cousin Romeo is doing a comedy night. And Ben's uh, brought, what the hell was it? Some shit at Bristol. Some real shit white trash yeah, area no, outside. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he goes, hey, come to my comedy show. And he's doing uh, De Niro impersonations. And I'm blown away. I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's doing De Niro. He's genius. He's like, just like De Niro. Oh, my God, he's doing Pacino. <laughs> walk yeah, Holy, he did walk-in. <laughs> How'd you know? All the hacky How did fucking you know? impersonations of people. Yeah, and he, and he does Who's on Third. He does Christopher Walken, Joe, uh, Joe Pesci, and De Niro, Who's on Third. Who's on First. Uh, who's on First, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, God, and I said, man, how do you do that? that I was just blown away, yeah. you know, and he was... He goes, well, there's this comedy class I, I took, Paul Solari Comedy Workshop. Uh-huh. He goes, they're not going to teach you how to be a better comic, but you'll get confidence. And yeah. uh, I was always kind of the guy, the icebreaker in the Marines. I was going to say, were you the funny guy in the, in in the, the Marines? Career. We would be doing like some crazy op. Yeah. And they look for me for say something funny, you know, or do something funny or, or do something to relieve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I knew I kind of had like a little bit of timing because, mm-hmm. you know, being on stage and being funny in person are two different Completely, things. Completely, You can yes. be the funniest guy in the world. You get on stage, you're awful. Yeah. And vice 100%. versa. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So I took the workshop and then- uh, did, my, did it click? When you took the workshop, you're like, oh shit. I told that story about my grandmother getting me catching me jerking off. <laughs> and everybody was like, man, this guy's out of control. <laughs> You know, because I went into the deets, you know? Yeah. And, uh... Do you still remember that the bit? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Share with the class. So, I was... My Marine buddy, Louie, was living with us. Yeah. He's from Staten Island. Yeah. So, he would go to Staten Island on the weekends to see his pop. Well, he had the VCR and the porn tapes. Remember yeah. porn tapes? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, look, don't fucking come in here and jerk off in my room, all right, without asking, you know? Because it's kind of gay, but we would kind of jerk off together. But we weren't looking at each other. He would be in the bed, and I'd be like in front of the bed on the floor, like, you know? Because <laughs> we used to do shit like that in the Marines. So you have like 30 of us in a room jerking off. So, um... <laughs> 
It's another story. Uh, so, <laughs> so he's out of town, mm-hmm. and I go. I sneak in his room. I do mm-hmm. my deal, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, do you have to use lube? No, I've never you don't used, use lube. I've never used lube. Spit? No, nothing. No, just, just natural, dry to- natural. Really? Wet you don't wear the skin off? I got a, I got a wad. I got a wet ass dick. Wow. Yeah, never had abrasions. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the most amazing thing I've ever heard out of your mouth. <laughs> Jesus. So I got to use lube, KY wet. Yeah. And I do a little bit of spit with the lube. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm whacking it, and then I hear somebody coming up the steps, and I'm like, oh, shit, he's back from Staten Island. <laughs> but I'm going to fuck with him and pump it, get it really nice and hard. And when he opens the door, I'm just like, you got me. You Holy know what I mean? Shit. So as he's walking up, I'm like, why is he walking so slow? Did he break his leg? Is that why he's coming back? Is <laughs> his leg girl? I can't figure it out. So the next thing you know, the door opens, pops open, and I look up and I, I crank on it and I go, hey, and he's not there. There's nobody there. It was like a ghost. I look down. It's my grandma. She's 4'11". Oh, she looks my. at me and she goes, oh, and I look and we locked eyes. I go, oh. <laughs> and then you came. And then I, and then, <laughs> yeah, and then I added, um, I added that she was making me breakfast the next day. This is a part of the joke. Yeah. I said, uh, yeah, by the way, you're doing it wrong. You know, like that's how I ended it. You know, I made that part up, of, yeah, course, of course. But yeah. Uh, yeah. She never brought up again, I'm assuming. No, no. She definitely knew I was grown up by that time, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I did the thing. And then my cousin gets bought, gets raided. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So I go in to get some coke so now this time i'm doing my supply i'm yeah. blowing money you can blow money so easily sure so i'm at the strip club i'm d- blowing thousands and i'm like fuck i'm short like two grand so i call my cousin paulie up i'm like look i'm really fucking short can i pick up another like load and he's like yeah yeah you killing it i'm like yeah yeah so i pick up another load i don't know what happens was that after hours i was at a house party a bunch of strippers again i'm a couple grand short yeah. I'm like, yo, let me pick up another load. He's like, really? Is that good? So I'm like, if I sell one more, I'll break even. So I pick up the last whole shitload of Coke. Yeah. Happens again. Yeah. A fucking short. I'm like, fuck. So I'm like, I call him again. He doesn't answer. I'm like, fuck. Let me just go there. And I know where the rest of the stash is usually. I go there, got raided. The cops came. Doors are all busted. Windows are busted. Oh, so I had been raided for how many? Yeah. It just got raided, yeah. Oh, wow. So You got like, lucky as fuck then. I got lucky as fuck. So then I went to get his mom, worked at the saloon, which is like a mob bar, uh-huh. South Philly. And I'm like, yo, Ro, Paulie got, I think Paulie got busted or something happened. He got killed or something. Yeah. So we go back, talk to my uncle, and uh, yeah, he got raided. So... Uh, but I he didn't he only got two years work release because I took all the coke. <laughs> so you know, so he was thanking me. You know, he goes, Hey, just keep the whatever you have, like when I talked to him in jail. He was locked up for a few months and then he had a good lawyer end up getting work release two yeah. years. He goes, Don't if I was you I wouldn't sell anything. They're they're watching us. Yeah. I started working for this crazy guy and I kinda got locked in with it and then I was like, I'm going to get shot or I'm going to go to jail. So you're still dealing a bit with a different crew now. Yeah, but it was dangerous. These yeah. guys were like shady and yeah. they weren't tactical. It was just nasty. Yeah. And I remember I, get, I had an RX-7. Remember those? <laughs> yeah. Like with a V6? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, yo, you owe me. They would say that I owed more than I owed. Ooh. So I wasn't even making any money. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm risking my life. I'm risking going to jail. And then I'm... Br- just breaking even yeah so i said look i don't have any more money left and the guy was going to kill me so i said i'll tell you what i'll give you my rx7 
Oh, wow. He's like, all right. So I gave him the RX-7, and I had an ex-girlfriend who was a Sixers dancer. She's uh -huh. like, hey, I'm moving to L.A., and I just left my apartment, just jumped right in the car, and I came out here in 99, and I started doing comedy. So what was the first club you did in, in L.A.? The first club I did was uh, that it was like in, in the Valley. It was that guy TJ. You know TJ? I don't remember. He's still doing bringer rooms. It was a bringer room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I killed it. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to be a star. Yeah. Like, like within a month. So I got to get rid of this girl. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so my cousin that was doing comedy, he was out here acting. He moved out here to act. Oh, wow. So I left her, started staying with him, cockroaches and shit. You yeah, know? yeah. Thinking we made it. And then, uh, short, short story long, uh, I ended up getting my own comedy night at the Naked Lunch. Naked, I don't know, like in that. Yeah, it was a is, place in Beverly Hills. It was an urban room? It, it was, it was uh, it was a, they had an urban night. Yeah. You know, and long story short, they had a gangster rap party, Sticky Fingers, one night. I started getting an argument with one of his, like, side johns. Next thing you know, I'm getting in a fight with him. I got stabbed in the neck. Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, 27 stitches in my neck, lost part of my ear. Whoa. So that's that was kind of the beginning of the end of my drinking because that was the first time I felt like because I felt invincible. Of Marines course, and mm -hmm. I was like, wow, I can be actually hurt because then they kicked the shit out of me too. Like ten people stomped on my Jesus, face. Jesus, you were on the ground. Just, oh, that's yeah. oh man. Went back to Philly, tried to get back in the drug drug game, tried to be a collector. Ended up getting in a drug deal, went bad, almost got beat to death on Market Street, like just literally beat to a pulp by like seven dudes, like MMA fighter guys, <laughs> and uh, so then. Uh, I was like, my friends, I come to Miami, come to Miami and um, work with me and my production company. So I went to Miami to work with him. He put me up for a little while and then he's like, I can't deal with you anymore. So now I went homeless. And you're, you're still drinking now? This still way. drinking. Doing yeah. drugs. So then I went homeless in Miami. So I was homeless for a couple weeks. When you're homeless, or were you living on, literally on the street? On the I was on, I was on the street. I was, I was couching for a while mm -hmm. and then ended up on the, the street. For a couple of weeks, not long, yeah. Because I was like, I can't do this. Like, you know, this I'm gonna yeah. lose my teeth and shit. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like vanity. You know, <laughs> I'm gonna lose my teeth. And uh, so then I I started getting sober. I went to a uh, a twelve step group. And now we say you start getting sober because usually I feel like there's a precipitating moment where it's just it was just like you were on the street and you just kind of woke up one day like. Fuck this. It was just an accumulation of shit. You yeah. know, I was actually doing a little gig in Fort Lauderdale. And I was making like 75 bucks, uh -huh. and my bar tab was 72. <laughs> so I'm like, I just made three bucks doing comedy. I'm never going to get off the streets. I'm yeah. homeless. Yeah. You know? Um, so, yeah, that was like a bunch of moments like that. You yeah. Know, jails. I got locked up a couple times. Oh, wow. Yeah. For dealing? No. When I came out here, I got arrested for assault and battery. I punched a guy in the face. I got started a brawl at the House of Blues. Um, and then... I got a domestic violence charge uh, with my ex. My ex from South Philly moved out here and we're screaming at each other in a parking lot on La Brea uh -huh. and they arrested me. And I didn't have a lawyer so I couldn't get out of it. You oh, know? I couldn't afford a lawyer at the time. Yeah. Because you know? I had a kid that was our lawyer out here and he bailed me out like 10 times and yeah. got me off like 10 things because I was just a maniac. <laughs> you know, So it's, it's a long story, man. I ended yeah. up becoming a, I worked at a hair salon out here. I got a job as a shampoo boy. In Beverly Hills, wow. I was Rocco the shampoo boy, <laughs> and then and I ended. Up, they get you probably getting a lot of a lot of ladies. As I don't shampoo. know. I, I mean, I was still, I was kind of a maniac. Dude. Yeah, I was like a lot, you know, <laughs> a lot more than this, which is. <laughs> and yeah, so then uh, I came back to Philly and I started at the Laugh House. Yeah. Uh -huh. In 2000, doing the uh, urban comedy, mm -hmm. and um, 
and then the rest was history. And urban comedy just sort of fit with you and your humor. And we- yeah, it just fit with me. And most of the guys I hung out with in the Marines were African American. Yeah, and uh, you know. My kid's half black. Yeah. So, like, I had a lot of funny jokes about, like, being with my ex-wife, and the white people, like, thought it was racist, but the black people loved <laughs> Isn't that it. that hilarious? But the that black happened, people loved happens, it because yeah. they knew I was telling the truth. Yeah, you know? of course, of course. And uh, so I just kind of went with it, man. So I was yeah. doing it with Kevin Hart and Big J and Kurt yeah. Masker and Joe DeRosa and yeah, Mike Vecchione, and we were kind of like the the, the, the crew, white crew. The, the Philly Beastie crew. Boys. We are kind of like the Beastie Boys. What was that. your first moment where you are like, Okay, this is this is my job. This is my life. I'm a comic now. I guess when I told the jerking off story. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, I was like, this is it. This is it. Yeah. This is it. Yeah, I gotta do this. Yeah. Uh, and and now you're working a program. Now I'm working a program. And uh, good sponsor. It's your first sponsor. Good sponsor. Yeah, I have. Uh, yeah, I'm coming up on 18 years. Nothing. No mood or mind altering chemicals. Wow. So, yeah. That's really amazing. So. Uh, no, no nothing no antidepressants no fucking Tylenol PM no Adderall no, no Adderall nothing dude. caffeine though I'm assuming caffeine yeah yeah that's yeah, about I drink it. coffee that's I'm Italian have you had moments where you've been tempted has, has anything triggered you where you like looked at a bottle like give me that there was two times uh, once I was going through a, a tumultuous I was engaged to this woman I was c- completely in love with her when I was I think I was about 33 yeah and there was one time where I'm like I need a beer and yeah. then it kind of came in and came out. Yeah. And then I was like, you can't have a beer, dude. You know what happens. And yeah. then uh, another time when I was bartending out here, when I moved out here, I cut the tip of my finger off. And it was the most painful fucking thing. Believe it or not, I took my whole nail off and everything. Jeez. Oh, yeah. With a peeler. I took the peeler over the top. <sighs> dude, it was so gnarly. I never thought I'd say that word. <laughs> I never thought I'd say gnarly. I said, I'm moving to California. I'm never going to say gnarly. Never say rad or gnarly. Yeah, and here I am. It's gnarly. And I walked to UCLA Hospital. Thank God it was so close, you know? Yeah, yeah. And they, you know, they they stuck a number. That was so painful, dude. But I thought I need some whiskey, but I didn't do it. Yeah. But I'm like, I need some fucking whiskey, man. This is bullshit, you know? And uh, they're like, well, we can give you like oxycodone or Motrin 800, but I had enough. Now I say, you know, the Motrin 800 is actually going to attack the infection. Yeah. The other stuff's just going to make me so high I'm not going to care about the infection. Exactly. You know, so give me the Motrin. So yeah. I, yeah. So I got lucky. Oh, that's cool. Now, you don't have the same sponsor for all this time, do you? Um, I did, but I moved. Yeah, you moved. You know, because I got Whoa. sober in Miami. Yeah. And then uh, I moved out, you know, New York. I lived in New York for a while. And that's where we met. When yeah, in New York. And then, yeah. And then here, and I was in Philly for a little bit, too. Now, so. what, what got you into uh, becoming an Ashtanga or power yoga? What, what, power. Power yeah. yoga, which yeah. is really right Ashtanga he, yoga, yeah, right? Yeah, it is. Well, the guy who Brian Kestu invented power yoga, of course, yoga, yeah. he trained with Ashtanga for two years. Yeah. So he's my di- I'm directly trained from him. Yeah, that's yeah. like having a black belt from a red belt almost. Exactly, yeah. 100%. And yeah, because I, w- I was following you. I was like, you, you, were, you were deep in that world, man. Yep. I was training uh, Dee Dee Gardner. She's Brad Pitt's... Um, from Plan B, Brad Pitt's uh, partner. Oh, okay, cool. I was her per- personal. Yeah, I used to go to her house five thirty in the morning and train her. Oh, wow, all the time. So that's a good gig in L.A. Yeah, and then it, was, it was like five thirty in the morning though. It was hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I went on tour with Margaret, so yeah, I kind of lost. I got out. So of the Margaret world. Cho. So how did your relationship with Margaret? Because you ended up dating her, obviously. Yeah, I was uh, helping a guy out, and he. I said, listen, if you get through the steps, I'll let you take me to dinner. 
<laughs> you know, because they try to use the ego. They want to buy their sobriety off you, you know, like yeah. big shot sobriety, you know. Yeah. So he got through the steps and he took me to this place called Ruth Ruth Chris, you know. Yeah, Ruth, Ruth Chris. Chris. Thank and I walk in there, Margaret's there with this gay guy, I know. And I took a picture with her. Hey, how you doing? And then I get a text the next day. Hey, uh, are you single? And I was. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, yeah, Margaret wants to, wants to date you. Yeah. So I was like, fuck it. You know? Yeah. I thought she just wanted to get whacked up a few times. You know what I mean? <laughs> get a little Rocco rocket. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know how it is. You yeah. got the Bill Dawes dingling, <laughs> Bill Dawes dart, <laughs> the double D. So yeah, then then we ended up. Uh, it went well, uh, yeah. you know. We we just like it was fun. It was like my kind of. And she like asked. She was also uh, sober. She was sober, uh, and she was in a sober living at the time. And then she ended up moving in with me at my apartment in Hollywood, and then it went well. You know. Yeah. Then we went to did Europe together. We started going on tour together. And, and at this point, and I, I, Margaret, I mean, she's one of the legends of comedy, yeah. but. Um, I, I'm assuming her sort of fame at that point was not as what it used to be, right. but she still had an international following. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and because she, her drug use and drinking, she kind of fell off for a while. Sure. You know, I think she's kind of rising up again a lot. Yeah. I feel like know? I see her more yeah. around. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we did that. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was awesome. So you know? was was a plan like were you guys at one like, hey we should get married and do yeah something? I wanted to get married but like I didn't want her to think like I wanted her cash or whatever yeah so I was just like we can be spiritually married you know yeah like you know I'm not really you know she would tell people we were engaged we weren't formally engaged mm -hmm. um, yeah it was fun it yeah. was fun you know but we both have our issues I guess yeah uh, intimacy I have a lot of intimacy issues you know. Mm -hmm. I'm not, you know, I'm not really good in relationships. I had no good teachers, you know. Of course. So, so you're with her for how long? Three, three years, three and a half three years, years, almost four years, I think. And when when the the breakup happened, was it sort of like, hey, this isn't working, or was it like more tumultuous than that? Did, was it like? No, no, it was like very healthy. It was just yeah. like, hey, like, because I would say, hey, listen, I'm like, I need a lot of attention in a relationship, and she was starting to work a lot. And I wasn't getting like, you know, I'm like a sensitive Italian, like a, uh, kissing, everybody's kissing me and everybody's <laughs> telling me how beautiful I am all the time. So when I don't get that, I feel fucking dead inside. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said, hey, I need a little more attention, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I guess, you know, she wasn't able to do it. And we just kind of drifted apart, yeah. you know, um, nothing's bad or weird. And I You're just still said, friends. And yeah, I still go to her house. We had a dog together. So yeah. I walk the dog on Thursdays, and I take the trash out for her. you still work with her? her. You tour with her still? No. Uh-uh. Yeah. The tour ended, um, I went through the death of my mother, so that was really traumatic. Oh, wow, yeah. That was like the hardest thing I ever went through in my life, because me and my mom that? have been through war together. Yeah. That was a year and a half ago. Wow. And I was her caretaker while she had uh, pancreatic cancer. It was fucking brutal. Yeah, pancreatic yeah, cancer was Yeah, it was worst. fucking brutal, but I, you know, I, I stuck it out, and I gave up my life for three months, you know? Yeah. And uh, I did the right thing. Yeah. You know? And you got uh, to have and, that, and that she, be with and her. She got to die passed. gracefully, you know? Yeah. Because you got to understand when people are in these cancer centers, they're worried about stopping the cancer. So people will be laying in their own crap for hours. Yeah. Somebody's got to be there all the time. Yeah. Or they're going to be really uncomfortable. So mm -hmm. I was always there, shifting her, moving her, wiping her butt, you know, making yeah. sure she was clean, getting the nurses, manipulating the nurses, doing jujitsu, detaching. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hey, can you guys help me? Even though they're supposed to move the, the the body, you know, move my mom's body, I'd be like, hey, can you help me move my mom? Yeah. You know, I would time it. And they're like, oh, oh, yeah. Like, they're kind of like, 
well, that's our job. Kind of, <laughs> I'm like, well, I'll, I'll give you a hand, you know, like yeah. just manipulated them to do what I needed them to do. So Where my was your mom, brother during this? Was he helping out too? He's, I don't want to put his business oh. out there, but he's got some some substance issues, I, I believe, okay. you know. You, uh, and he's not good with that. And, and I imagine you try to get him probably on the program too. I did. He's not really into the program because him and my... <laughs> <laughs> when he got older, him and my father got in a straight-up street fight. Oh, shit. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I think he beat up my old man. And then um, and uh, my old man tried to drag him into rehab, like by his hair. You know? Oh, shit. And so he's got this whole, like, he thinks AA is this thing where they come after you and they drag you in. So, so your you know. dad was hurt, but your dad was... Did my dad, dad ended up getting sober. Oh, he did? Yeah, but he got worse. He became more of a worse guy. Isn't that crazy? That happens Yeah, sometimes. he was worse sober. <sighs> That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, he ended up, he was on the run for the IRS, him and his wife. They they ripped, oh, rip, they got into real estate, sold people bad houses, made a million dollars, owed the IRS half a million in taxes, blew all the money within a year. Nobody would buy any more houses off them because they screwed everybody over. So then they were living, they left their house, they lived in this beautiful house in the suburbs, left everything, right? And were on the run, living from house to house. And then his wife ended up blowing her brains out. And then my father drank himself, to, they, he relapsed, he ended up relapsed, and, and they drank himself to death like a few months, like nine months later. Wow. Yeah. What was your last interaction with your father? I made I made an amends to him in uh, uh, two thousand because I tried to have him killed. I was about to have him killed. If my cousin didn't get busted, we we're gonna. I was gonna put a crew together. We we're gonna put a hit on him. You know. Wow. So I he knew it. I knew it. So I made a yeah amends. So it's all about me. It's not about what he did to me. It's about me. Yeah, of getting course. Better. So I have to put whatever he did. Of you course. You gotta be a warrior. Put yeah. that away. Take one hundred percent responsibility. Yeah. yeah. And then this is what I did. This is what I said. Did I try to? I apologize for trying to have you killed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I told him, I said, "Look, I love you." I said, "If you get me to hate you, then you win, and you're not wow. going to beat me. Yeah. You are not going to beat me. I love you. You're my father. You brought, yeah. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here." Did you get to do that in person, Tim? Uh, over the phone. Over the phone. Yeah. Did he receive it? No. Yeah. I got a restraining order sent to him. <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? I swear to God. From a phone call? Yeah. Jeez. I ever contact him again? Christ. Yeah. So obviously he was in the program, but he never. He made never really to you. did the work. Yeah, of course. You have to do the work. Yeah, you, you can just. It's like if you if you want to be a pilot, and you just go to the airport, hang out. Will that make you a pilot? Interesting. Yeah. You know what I mean? You gotta mm. learn how to miles. You know, math, all that shit. You know, yeah. flight hours. You know, simulations. You yeah. Know, all that. Now, did you ever? I, I've talked about this before in the podcast when I was a yoga teacher. I, I, I never really, I would never, I, I don't think I have an addictive personality, but the capacity for like a sex addiction was definitely like intertwined with the discipline of yoga in my experience because I was doing Kundalini. Oh, yeah. And you know, I was built into yeah. Tantra and oh, there's a lot yeah. of, and I just, I felt like touching. the way that you, and probably how you felt, as, feel now or felt as a yoga teacher, like I just felt like I cannot fuck anybody. Bring it, ladies. It just made me cocky. Yeah. Yoga made me so fucking cocky, dude. I felt like I was, I had played by different rules. I was still drinking and fucking oh. around. You know, and, and then going, teaching class in the morning, like, hey guys, everyone like, oh, I have such an interesting dual personality. I was getting, I was at the uh, New York Laugh Factory getting in fights. One time I tried to beat up Mike DiStefano. I was like, oh, a fucking, wow. Because no one was like, 
because I had like long hair. I was much skinnier. I was like, people yeah. think I'm a fucking bitch. Really, watch this. And uh, <laughs> I would get drunk and like just like slap people in the face and shit. <laughs> Not like you. Nothing like bad. But um. No, but that's great. <laughs> so and then and then chakras are off. There was uh, <laughs> there was a uh, security guy at Times Square Life Factory named Ramon. I don't know if you ever remember Ramon. But he was doing jujitsu so. at Hanzo Gracie's. Oh wow, that's the real one. He yeah. said you should do it. I was like, I was like, I don't know, man. He goes, he goes, how much is that? Oh, it's too much. He's like, you'll find a way. So I started taking at Hanzo's. I think it was like maybe I started two thousand nine. Uh huh. And um, I couldn't drink anymore because every time I was would show up hungover to roll, I was a, a little bitch. Like so people just great. rolled me around. Wow. So it literally, ironically, as a as a yogi, I was drinking and smoke but I was piece of shit like no integrity and then like jujitsu just by the nature of the the sport made me have to have more integrity with how I live my life so amazing um, and I actually kind of quit yoga cold turkey you know from jujitsu wow so for me and and and, I, and then I started looking back because then my body changed in, in a way that wasn't necessarily good because I got a lot stiffer yeah you weren't still practicing on your own yoga no yeah, I just, see, I practice at least 10, 15 minutes after I roll. That's great. That's what you, I mean, the, the, the two should be merged yeah. in a way, because I think if you do both, that's the best for you. Because most pain's caused by compression, so you want to alleviate that compression by creating space in the joints yeah. with your own body strength, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I just, so I, I, I've kind of, but the more I get into jiu-jitsu, the more I'm able to roll in a way that kind of, it's more conducive to how you're yeah, feeling. Yeah, I, I, I don't have smarter. Not like tensile strength. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. In the beginning, you know how it is. Your hands oh, are dude, shaking. You're, just, <laughs> you're going so hard. Your is burnt. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, so, what got you into jujitsu? <sighs> well, because I had that misdemeanor domestic violence, my gun rights are permanently for the rest of my life uh, banned. Wow. And that's a federal law. So you can have a you can have a felony domestic violence mm-hmm. and get your gun rights back. If you have a misdemeanor, because there's some stupid law they passed in the 70s. Holy shit. Yeah, I wish I would have knew that or I would have fought it, because we were just basically screaming at each other. Yeah, you, you would have punched her. Yeah. You could have your gun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, so I, I was feeling the PTSD was, you know, I don't, I don't know if, did you know when I got my jaw broken at the, at the, laugh house, uh, at the comedy store? Did you hear about that? No. I got my jaw broken at the comedy store in front of everybody. Were you on stage? No, I was in uh, parking my motorcycle, and this guy who's uh, you know kind of like um, a real roughneck, you know, around the you know, and not a comic, just not a, a comic, but hangs out, yeah. you know, um, and you know, he said, "Turn your bike up." I thought he was somebody else. Yeah. So I got in like this kind of like fuck you, you know, whatever, and I got close to him. I got within arm's distance, which Ooh. you don't do. But I thought it was this other guy, you know, <laughs> and I was just totally running on self-will i wasn't what year working is this this is like 2014 so you're totally sober at this point yeah, yeah. totally sober but i wasn't really working the program i stopped meditating i mm-hmm. stopped i got kind of got like dry they say yeah, yeah. you know it's kind of like running egos banging a bunch of chicks i was not having sober behavior you yeah. know and so once i realized it wasn't the guy then i tried to take back and i'm like this guy's fucking huge <laughs> You know, and I said, now I tried to have a conversation. I said, look, man, if you want me, I was mid-sentence. And that's all I remember. Whoa. You woke uh, up in the hospital? I had to go to the hospital. I woke up on the ground. I got up. I'll never forget it. I got up, 
And I go, hey, man, somebody's got to call the cops. Somebody just got fucking their ass kicked. <laughs> and then Matt Edgar, you know Matt Edgar? Yeah, yeah. He runs over and goes, Rocco, Rocco, you just got hit so fucking hard. He goes, you got to sit down. And the ambulance <laughs> came and took me away and I had a broken jaw. Holy yeah, fuck. and then, so my PTSD went through the roof. Yeah. You know, it was untreated PTSD. Yeah. Because I thought, I just got paranoid. You know, somebody's walking over me. Who's this? You know, I started getting loud. You know, made some stupid movement. Because I can't really punch anymore because I had hand, my whole hand got reconstructed. Yeah. I have a whole hand surgery. Yeah. Um, so it's like I'm left-handed, so I can't even throw a left hand. So I'm like, how's, need, your, how's your grip? It's good. It's good. It's yeah. good. I just can't open my finger all the way. It's got like it. stuck. But I don't want to throw a punch because I went through so much. They took a bone out of my wrist. They replenished it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was like, I need to do something to protect myself where I, I, can, I don't want to hurt the person, but I also don't want to get hurt. I need to like find a new type of fighting because I can't punch people anymore. Yeah, because my hand. Interesting. So yeah. I can't grab a gun because I moved out to Margaret. She's in the sticks. Yeah. So I was like in the mountains. I was like, it's getting like completely paranoid, dude. Like, <laughs> like, who is that? What's that walking around? You know? Cause she had like this crazy ex-boyfriend oh, that was living there before that she had to get kicked out. Yeah. So I'm like, he's gonna come back. I gotta yeah. be ready. I gotta get a weapon. You know what I mean? You can't have a weapon. You can't punch. I can't punch. Wow. And I felt like, what the fuck am I going to do? Yeah. And then I run it. I'm doing a gig in uh, West Nyland, was it? In New York at the Levity? Levity Live, yeah. I'm opening for Margaret. I meet Joey. Joey G. Joe, what, how do you say his last name? Gambrelli? Yeah. Gambrella, I think. Gambrella yeah. yeah. on Instagram. Shout out yeah. to Joey, man. Yeah, Joey G. Uh, and he's like, yeah, but doing jiu-jitsu is the best thing I ever did. And I'm like... I'm like, I can't do that. I'm old. I'm beat up. My joints, you know, da-da-da. And then uh, I just clicked. I'm like, I'm going to go start training. Yeah. You know, I went into jujitsu school, and that was it. You, you know? did school? No. I went to um, <laughs> I went, I went went to Villains in Highland Park. Okay. Which- Is that Eddie Bravo's? No. It was supposed to be Damian Maya, but he was never there. Yeah. And it was this guy- Nathan, who was a black belt under Marcelo Garcia. Yeah. But I didn't really learn that much because we never rolled. And I, and they wouldn't let me do the advanced class. So the beginner class was all drills. There's a lot of frustration in the beginning. Yeah, because it's like I want to roll. Yeah. You know? I want to like try this shit out. Let's drill and then try it out. Yeah. And I was never rolling, you know? And so I had a falling out with the guy. Oh, wow. Yeah, because my mom just died. I came back. And then he was yelling at me about, oh, I got ringworm. So oh, I told him I got so ringworm. That, that's a tragedy of jujitsu. It happens all the time. Yeah. I was like, hey, I got ringworm. I can't come back. But he treated me like I had leprosy. You know? Yeah. He started like yelling at me. He's like, we don't have, nobody gets ringworm at my my uh, studio. And is your lion? You got it somewhere else. I go, where'd I get it? The comedy store? Yeah. <laughs> like, where the fuck did I get the ringworm at? <laughs> yeah, you know, course. I'm a smart ass. It's, it's one of the things that people get in jujitsu. Yeah, who cares? Yeah. Like, what's the big deal? Yeah. You know? So I, I was like, whatever. So my buddy from Philly is a brown belt at Legacy. Okay. So he's like, come over here. We're open, you know, yeah. during the pandemic. And this is Legacy in La Brea? No. Uh, Burbank. And, oh, you used um, to be La Brea. Yeah, there's one in Glendale, one in Burbank. I did the one in Burbank. Yeah. And man, I went in there, fell in love with the place, bro. I've been there four days a week since, I think, August. August. Yeah. Yeah, and, man. And you don't find that- um, During the whole pandemic- Oh, we're yeah. open. It was open. They're like, like they're like, put it on Instagram. We're open. We oh, don't wow. go fuck. Them. Yeah, yeah. You know, Burbank's like its own town. You know, it's illegal to put a tent up there too. That's oh, why wow. there's no homeless. Wow, that's interesting. I didn't know that. 
So four times and four times a week is is a, is a lot because I yeah, I was going five for a while. Last week I did three. Yeah, I'm probably going to go down to three because I'm in school full time now. So what are you in school for? I'm getting my uh, NASM trainer, National Academy of Sports Medicine license, because yeah. I want to know the mechanics behind the philosophy uh-huh. of yoga. I want to know the science of it. Yeah. And I'm also doing all these computer software training oh, through shit. the VA. They're actually paying me to go oh, to school. Oh, that's amazing. Do you so. find that there's a, a, any contradiction? Because for me, there's a big contradiction between the, the yoga. Like, everything is f- fluid, and there's no judgment, and there's no... And, and I was coming up with uh, John Donaher, in New York, oh at, wow! At, at, uh, wow, that's crazy. And, I started, and he was like, "Life is zero. It's a zero sum game. It's tap. You got <laughs> tap or snap or you know." So, um, and I was like, "Wow!" He goes, "You should stop because he's very philosophical." And yeah, like, you should great. look he's at life gen- as a he's yeah. a genius for sure as a as a zero sum game more. So and how I, do you submit an alien? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? um, and I think he's a little bit of a maniac, but look, 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 look you have to be if you're a genius like that. Yeah, and look who he's breeding. I mean, those guys, Gordon yeah, Ryan, Nicky Ryan, and yeah. Gary Tonin, it's amazing. George um, St. Pierre, right? Oh, yeah. Actually, I, I made a bit about George St. Pierre because uh, he was, you know, they, there's a lot of protocol in most dojos where, like, you don't, you don't walk around without your shirt on. <laughs> you, <laughs> you don't. Know? Like Even some, under the gi, you wear something under the gi. Yeah, it's not like, sanitary. If you take your gi off every class, it'd be like, Put your put your fucking gi on, dude. What do you do? Yeah, Show yeah. some respect. But um, and George St. Pierre is beautiful. He is, and he He's would walk God. around with his boy shorts and yeah, like shirtless. And I was I was like a little white belt. I was sitting on the mat talking to my friend, and I'm I'm naturally very shy. And my friend's like, "Oh, hey, George, what's up?" Like shook his hand, and I'm just sitting there like kind of playing with my belt. And, and the guy's like looking at me, my friend. I'm like, "What?" And I look up, and George Pierre's like, he's standing over me, all fucking oiled and chiseled is like uh, oiled hello <laughs> hand out. I went, I went oh hello and I like swiped my hair behind my ears and I shook his hand I was like wow he just turned me fucking gay yeah. <laughs> he, I, just, I just became a gay man for that's five so seconds. funny dude <laughs> that's so true dude and um that's so funny man <laughs> yeah so you I, wanna hear I, my turning gay story yeah I, I turned gay too uh, <laughs> I was bartending in New York uh huh and uh, I was t- working this tennis pro party, so they put us in little tennis outfits, and I had like my tattoos out and stuff. And I hear this guy go, "Hey, man, I really like to sleeve with that tennis outfit." And I look up, and it's Tyson Beckford. And I'm like, "Thanks, Tyson." <laughs> Your voice cracked. Yeah, thanks, Tyson. <laughs> Would you like something? It's on me. <laughs> what a beautiful man. They're oh, both beautiful. like beautiful men. You know, it's so funny. Yeah. As I did, a, I used to model. I did a modeling shoot with Tyson Beckford like a long time no. when I was cute. I'm so jealous. And his brother was there and his parents were there. Oh, wow. And his brother was like literally the definition of the recessive gene brother. Oh, Like you wow. looked at the two parents and you saw all the good features were on fucking Tyson. <laughs> all the shitty features. Even the tattoos. <laughs> Even the or tattoos the were bad. <laughs> um, well, that, so you're, what's your belt now in jiu-jitsu? I'm still white. You're still white. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really, I'm not going for the belt. Yeah, I don't of care. Course, yeah. I don't give a fuck about that belt. Yeah. You don't want I'm getting comp- good. I feel like I'm getting skilled. Do you want to compete? I don't know. I yeah. don't know. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. I mean, I got to try to, you know, keep my head above water financially with all this shit going on, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of like, it kind of keeps my, you go to the mat, you forget about the world for an hour. You yeah. Know? I don't know. Maybe if the competition comes to me, maybe. The only problem is my sleep disorder. You know, like I ran the LA Marathon last year. I basically stayed up all night to run it because I can't sleep. So I basically ran it on no sleep. So what 
techniques have you used to try to sleep? There's nothing that really you can do because it's a genetic mutation. You can't take, it's like amb- telling you can't some- take Ambien, No, obviously. it's like telling somebody with no legs, like, hey, did you try different shoes? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like that kind of thing. Yeah. But what yoga and meditation does is it helps me accept what's wrong with me yeah. instead of trying to change it. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's kind of what yoga is. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. You're perfect. We're perfect the way we are. It's, it's the programming. So just your sleep phase doesn't really begin until like new or it's nine in the morning. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And the more I try to fight it, the more miserable I am. Yeah. That's how I pulled my hamstring because I'm like, I'm going back to Marine boot camp. I don't care if I go to bed at five in the morning. I'm getting up at six every day and I'm running 10 miles. Yeah. I did that for about three months and I pulled my hamstring really bad because you need rest. Yeah. The body course. needs rest. Yeah. And yeah, you, and so. you meditate, you do all the things. Yeah, that's one of the things I wanted to tell you. With our yoga style, it's more pragmatic. Yeah, it's more about like putting you in terrible situations, kind of like jujitsu, so you're more comfortable with life. Yeah, and the way his his philosophy is, Brian is like, you're going to war with yourself. Don't look around the room. Mm-hmm. You know, don't compare and compete. Yeah, you know, make this journey about yourself, like jujitsu, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, and it's, it's complete workout, cardio, strength, flexibility, stamina, uh, uh, you know, balance. It gets all yeah. that one class. Yeah. And he makes, he make, if t- I was his main sub. So in order to teach for him, I had to do two of the, I did two of those 10 day silent retreats. Yeah. In the mountains. Holy shit. Yeah. Where you meditate. It's like the Navy SEALs of meditation. So you even- start at four in the morning and you go to 10 o'clock at night. No talking, no phone. They take your phone, everything. Did you see all, you can see all, if everybody did that, there'd be no problems in the world because you see where all the problems are. Of course. It's all in us. Wow. As soon as you start looking outside for the problem, you're already lost. Yeah. The problem's in you. Yeah. There's absolutely. no nothing. Everything dissipates. Now, during the silent retreat, was that, did that in any way change your sleep pattern at all? Was that like one of those? No, help me accept it more. Yeah. You know, and work with it, not work against it. Yeah. Because you can also, be conscious and rest because obviously. during meditation that's the only time because even in sleep your lungs and heart work very hard meditation is the only time where your heart and lungs actually slow down and get proper rest mm. so you're meditating for tw- 14 hours a day you're actually getting more rest than sleep wow. you feel so fresh you get yeah. two three hours i was getting two two three hours of sleep a night yeah. feeling completely fresh yeah and then you fast you fast from like noon till seven in the morning yeah. So I got completely ripped. I, I was like 160 when I 168 when I left there. I'm 180. Wow. So I was 12 pounds. In and 10 you're doing days. the the jujitsu and the yoga. You're still doing the yoga all the time. I do. I do. I do about two or three classes a week on my own. Mm-hmm. I do my own class. Do you still teach? Uh kind of. I was making videos, but um, I'll probably go. I might go back to Equinox. I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, that seems like a great money. And it's yeah. also amazing. I don't think people realize for you to be like Brian Kest's number two yeah. is remarkable. Dude. Yeah, it's really great. Yeah, yeah. people don't understand that. No, I'm glad you t- oh, dude. Yeah, it was really, you know, yeah, it makes your dick hard thinking about it, to be honest <laughs> with you. you know? So you're, are you flexible? No, but that's not what yoga is about if you listen to Brian Kest. Yeah. It's, it's about your mind being flexible to work, work with your own uniqueness. Yeah, of course. Because some people aren't just flexible. Yeah. I'm pretty flexible. Yeah. I'm, I'm flexible for for a guy yeah i'm not flexible compared to those like uh, the guys doing acrobatics on instagram yeah of course you know shoga show yoga yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah he's more about the mind yeah you know he does his class is super hard like you'll hold a side plank for like three minutes but like he'll talk about the mind 
No. He'll be like, come out of it. Don't now, do let me, it. Let me Skip ask you a it. question. And and because th- this relates to sobriety, and I, I just read a book called How to Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan. I've talked about the podcast. I feel like I'm fucking trying to convert people into their religion. But like, what's your experience with psychedelics? Any? Uh, I did a bunch of mushrooms when I was when I was drinking. See, because my feeling, not while I was drinking, but like during that drinking. Yeah, because my because and I think that's a problem with mushrooms where they have a bad rabbits because people combine it with other drugs. But I think mushrooms on their own, and like the toad and certain things like LSD, like taken on their own as a spiritual practice, sort of are exempt from the uh, from the world of drugs. It's not like really you're, you're actually doing something. I think a lot of people who have actually overcome their addiction to cigarettes or sex or whatever through psychedelics. Like psychedelics has. A lot of studies show it repairs uh, traumatic brain injury. Um, yeah, a lot of uh, vets are using. Would you be interested in trying a psychedelic? Like in negative, in a, really? Yeah, I don't. I don't. I believe. I, I mean, this is just my me. Yeah. I don't care about what you do. I don't care. I'm not telling anybody to do anything. But for me personally, because I've done a lot of mushrooms. I've done them on nothing. I've done the Indian sweat lodge. I've done yeah. the mushrooms on the reser or Native Americans. Sorry. Yeah. And um, I think they're good for me, and this is just my opinion. Yeah, I think they're great to do recreationally. Interesting. Um, but I, th- I feel like it's a, there's no way to cheat to go into your brain. You you have the power to get there. It's just going to be harder. Yes. Than just swallowing something, and then you know what I mean. Yeah. That's what that ten day thing taught me. Your mind is so powerful mm-hmm. that you don't need anything else. It's already there. Yeah. The fact that you think you need something outside. Is, is is it's just you don't need it. I mean, yeah. until you do a ten day thing, you're not going to realize it. You're sure, like, what the hell sense. is crazy? You know? No, yeah. And and you you can actually think yourself into that. It's working. It's oh working. no, I know. And that'll Sa- help you. Same thing with when I used to do um like tantric workshops and stuff like that. Yeah, like you can definitely get into a, a meditation. Yeah, but that's just my opinion. If it's helping people, fucking do it, man. Yeah. If, if you like it, fucking do it. Knock it out. The no, bar. I've o- I've yeah. only done mushrooms, but I'm definitely curious about ayahuasca and the toad yeah, do it, fuck it. You know? I heard it's great. I know a lot of UFC fighters are kind of looking into yeah. that now as a way I, to repair. I Talking to Ian Edwards, he said, he said his buddy he thinks his buddy's addicted to ayahuasca. Jesus Christ, <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm going back again, dude. Again? He just left. It's been three hours. You're not better yet? Yeah, dude? exactly. I'm going Holy back. Holy shit, man. That's yeah. amazing. He did it. He did it. Ian Edwards did it. Oh, really? He did ayahuasca. Yeah. He, he swears by it. Oh, I'm, a lot. Yeah, a lot so, of people do. Yeah. You know. Wow, that's very fascinating. Um, well, man. I could talk to you forever, uh, Rocco. You're a fucking fascinating dude. And, yeah, we've uh, been going for a while, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, you should. You have a book in you. Do you yeah. have a book in you to write your story? I do. I do. I do. Have you thought about it? Have you started it? Yeah. I know it's hard. No, I. Well, I just finished the script. It took me two years. It's about my family during Christmas. It's called a Philadelphia Christmas. So I need a break from the writing for a little bit, but I will. I'll, I'll eventually get to it. Yeah, you man, because you just have such a fascinating, and it's just a inspiring story. You know, like my my family is sort of like on the Ag- Angela's Ashes. Uh, when I read that book, I said, "Hey, mom, you should read this book." She's like, uh, "I fucking lived it. I don't want to <laughs> read it." <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean. I feel like there's just so many guys out there that are inspirational. I don't think I can compete with them, you know? I don't know, man. You're pretty fascinating. I've, I've uh, interviewed a lot of people, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, because there's so many, like, guys that, like, were in, like, Green Berets and fucking yeah. Iraq and, you know. Yeah. One guy got shot 27 times <laughs> and he lived and got his thumb blown off and he was, had a colostomy bag for, you know. <laughs> 
So I don't know, man. I don't know if I can compete with those guys, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe, um, maybe they'll more identify with more with me because a little bit lesser. Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes it's like jujitsu, you know. You yeah. see, a, you can identify more the blue belt, or uh-huh. you know, it's a little overwhelming when you roll with a brown now, belt. Now, um, let me ask you this: What what are you doing tomorrow? You want to go to my dojo at eleven? Possibly. Okay. Possibly. I might have a, a, a Zoom conference call with Equinox. Okay. You know? Because I'd well, love to I'd take love you there, to. man. It's, yeah. It's a nice small group with like yeah. some black belts and everyone's really fucking cool. Old yeah. school Gracie, you know, jiu-jitsu wow. uh, gig. So if you want to go, man. Yeah. I'd love to have if you there. If not then, definitely soon. I know sometimes people go like, you want to take me there so you can beat me? I'm like, no, I'm not going to beat me. No. Be you just do. people don't beat you. You just yeah. tap. Yeah, yeah. What are they going to do? Not you don't, tap? You don't well, my buddy like, Rob does that. He acts like he can't hear you tapping. <laughs> I'm like, tap, tap. He's like, what? <laughs> like, is somebody here something? I'm like, tap. I'm just, I love <laughs> Sorry, man. Were you tapping? <laughs> Have you had to use jujitsu in real life yet? No. Yeah. Uh-uh. I don't know. I will just say this. I won't go into the story, but it works. Yeah, I know it works. Yeah. I mean, you're doing it, it on somebody. It works, man. You're doing it on somebody who's actually, even if they're a white belt, they still know a little. Yeah, yeah. You know? But know. it's funny when somebody comes new and they're like big and tough and like I'm, I've only been doing it for six months and I'm like, wow, like this guy knows nothing. Knows he nothing. doesn't even know how to like come near you or look at you. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can see things. Yeah. You start to see everything, yeah. you know? yeah. See the body movement and all. I could see you becoming a, a jujitsu teacher down the road. I don't know. You have that mentality. I don't know if I, my body holds up. Maybe. Yeah. My elbow's know. killing me. The inside of my elbow, because when I first started, I was gripping a lot. Yeah. I had a really good grip, and I would actually keep people away with that. It was like my first weapon. Yeah. Now I don't use it as much, but my the inside of my elbow is fucking killing me. Yeah. 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 I can't uh, do pull-ups right now. Oh Jesus. You know? Yeah. Well, shit, man. Rocco, dude, you're an awesome dude. Um, and uh, people, if you don't know Rocco, Rocco Stowe, where are you at on Instagram? Rocco Comedy, R-O-C-C-O Comedy. Yeah, check him out. And and uh, are, you, are you touring around? You're going to be doing- I'll be like in a- Tampa on the 20th. Oh, cool. Side, split, side splitters? Or? No, I'm doing a, like a one-nighter called- uh-huh. uh, Shit, I forget the name of it. But if you check on my Instagram, Rocco Comedy, um, it's on there. And then I'm headlining on South Beach on Monday at a club, nice. another club. If you check my Insta- It'll be up. And oh, then uh, doing Royer's Ford Easter weekend with Steve Simone. Cool. So it's kind of like the things I got locked in right now. You got a lot of different things. Man, it's such, I love that. You got like all these things going and you created all of them and committed to all of them. It's a beautiful thing, man. You're a good dude. I'm glad you got through that shit. You know? Yeah. Sounds you like too, you're on man. the other side. Thanks for listening. Know? Yeah, of course, man. For all my nonsense. That was awesome. <laughs> Thanks for uh, tuning in, guys. Bye-bye.